All right, this is Pay the Juice, presented by Saturday Tailgate. This podcast is brought to you by Tavor. Tavor is a craft beer service that delivers beer right to your door. Go on to T-A-V-O-U-R.com to select which craft beer you want in your order month to month, and they'll deliver craft beers from all across the country directly to your door. For a limited time, you can use promo code TAILGATE for $10 in beer money on any order of $25 or more. Um, so just starting off last week, we all went two and zero. we had <clears throat> Miami covering this, what was it? Seven and a half plus seven and a half. Yeah. yeah. And then Hawaii actually upset Arizona is the Kevin Sumlin project isn't working out very well. Hawaii was plus 11, I believe going into that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we're all sitting at two and zero this week. Um, so we'll just kick right off right now. Game one, UCLA's headed to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Tony, you can start it. Yep. Um, I'm going to start off here. I believe um, this is a Thursday night game, right? Yeah, 7 o'clock. Yep, yep. Love a nice Thursday night game to start the weekend off. I don't know about you guys. Um, this is also my lock of the week, too. Um, and so one player I really like in this game a lot, Desmond Ritter, redshirt sophomore quarterback, the Bearcats, had a really good year last year. 2,500 yards passing, ran for over 500, like 20 touchdowns. Um, I don't know. This whole Chip Kelly thing going on in UCLA, it's not working out. I don't think it's going to work out. Um, they're a mess on defense. I don't see how they're going to stop Ritter at all. Um, Michael Warren, really good, solid running back, too, for Cincy. Um, UCLA's got major issues across the whole linebacking front. I, I believe all three of the starters are out. Um, one for uh, one's injured, two are suspended, one one's ineligible already. I don't know how how are you ineligible. The, the, the school year hasn't even started. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, how, how does that happen? Um, and I mean, they're coming off a three and nine year. There were no good out there. They're coming all the way over to two Cincy. It's it's probably some some blackouts be rocking up there. Um, really like Luke Fickle. He, he, I, I think he's gonna do some really good things there. I think this could be one of the best Power Five um, or, or the non-Power Five teams as well. Um, really good defense there. The only thing I don't like is that they're they're playing Ohio State in week two, and so it could be a, little, a look ahead, but not not in the, not in the season opener. Um, so I, I got Cincy minus two and a half, and that's my lock two of the week. I'm gonna go right off of that. Uh, Cincy's also my lock for the week. I'm just so freaking excited. Football is back. Uh, we had two games on Saturday, uh, two beautiful contests. That I've been looking forward for the last five months. And uh, so we're finally back. We got a full slate Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So we got, we're really loving what we're looking at this weekend. I don't know how well I'm going to do, but I'm also going to stick with Cincinnati. It's my lock of the week. Uh, they're returning all kinds of starters all over the board. Uh, UCLA, their defense is so bad they couldn't stop a nosebleed. All right. Um, so we got, we got uh, a lot of offense coming back. Strong defense uh, at home. Play's going to be hopping. Uh, you know, college kids are finally back to school. They're, everyone's going to be hammered there. The place is going to be a just an electric factory. All right. So we got um, all that being said. Um, they're saying this could be one of the best uh, AAC teams this year that they're going to be looking at to uh, compete for that title. All right. They're saying it might be one of the Cincinnati's best teams ever. Um, so I'm really liking this. Chip Kelly uh, has had success at Oregon, but really hasn't seen much success since then. Um, I think it's just way too much for them to handle in that, that terrible defense going in. So I have Cincinnati uh, covering the two and a half and also uh, as my lock of the week uh, for that pick as well. 
and we'll just go three for three. It's my lock of the week. I'll actually say I'll put my kids' college fund on this. I'll get divorced <laughs> if Cincinnati loses this game because I am that confident they're going to win. I think they're going to win the AAC to start. UCLA, they got six players suspended. The majority of them are actually going to be contributors for the season. They're pro- projected defensive breakout players gone for this week. Their running, senior running back, who had, I think, like 400 yards last year, who's going to be taking a dominant role, he's going to be suspended. They're coming out to Cincinnati on a Thursday, 7 o'clock. Put my kids' college tuition on this game. Cincinnati covers the minus 2.5. Guaranteed. Love uh, it. UCLA has no shot. They, they, they have no chance. No, that's that's what I said. I'll put my marriage on the line for this game because I guarantee Cincinnati covers here. Uh, I'm glad we're on the same page there. So next one we got is BYU versus Utah. Utah's five and a half point favorite. Tony, you start it. Yep, yep. You know, and this is a spot. If this game was maybe a couple weeks in or something, I love a nice home dog in a rivalry game. But I just can't get myself to take the Cougars. I really want to in Provo. Um, just I, I I want to, but for some reason I, I'm really buying into this Utah team. You know, they're the reigning Pac-12 South champs. I think they can do it again. Actually, I think they, they can cause a lot of havoc over there, and you know, uh, potentially take a bit away from you know the the, the sweethearts of Washington and, and Oregon. Um, Tyler Huntley and, and Moss are, are back. I mean, those are two of the big playmakers on offense there. Both defenses are, you know, really good. It's made a crazy atmosphere up there as well. Really looking forward to that game. I think this is a Thursday night game too. So, I mean, we're going to hit Cincy here. Then we're going to hit Utah minus five and a half. Um, and I, I, I think that their defense make too many stops late in the game here. Um, and, and Utah wins by six or seven to cover. Yeah, I'm going to go right off of that. Uh, I'm on the Utah side as well. I got them. Um, I think they pull it off. You know, this is a game, a huge rivalry game to start the year. Uh, both teams are going to be jazzed up coming into this one. Um, and, and BYU has been a team that's known to give some fits to teams uh, first game. I remember uh, going back, they knocked off Oklahoma when Oklahoma was a top five team. Uh, they went to BYU and ended up losing. Um, so they're always there competing. Um, I think it'll be a tight game down the stretch. But I think Utah, I think Utah's for real this year. I think they're going to come out um, fired up. I think they know the stake, uh, what's at stake here. Um, and I think they uh, have a lot to prove, and I think it's going to be the year that Utah can really make some noise and kind of be like that Washington team we saw a few years ago that was right in the playoff mix. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to just stick uh, short and sweet with that, and I'm going to say uh, Utah. I like them minus the points in this one. I'm kind of hoping we can make this interesting at some point because I'm on Utah as well. Uh, I think BYU, their rivals, it's always weird when they play. But Utah's sitting on an eight-game winning streak. They're ranked in the top 15. I'm buying all the way into Utah this year. Actually, I think they could be a dark horse pick for the playoff. I just... Utah's been struggling to score against BYU over the last couple of years. I think uh, last year they didn't score until like the final minute of the third quarter. But last year, though, Huntley and Moss didn't play. They're playing this year. So. Okay. That's the same. Yeah, you know, I'm... I'm we're pretty much all on the same page here. I actually think I think Utah's going to be really legit. There is a rumor out there, too, that Coach Whittingham of Utah said that all 11 of his defensive starters will be in the NFL one day. Probably a reach, but still a glowing report of your defense when a coach comes out and says something like that and puts his name on it. I can't confirm it. Might be just a rumor, but 
Yeah, I'm all in on Utah. I think we're all I, on the same page there, too. I love Whittingham, too. He's a heck of a coach, heck of a coach up there. I mean, their defense is going to be really scary this year, too. That Yeah, I don't I don't really see BYU. Can, again, it's a rivalry game. It's week one. It's going to be sloppy. We saw it with Georgia-Florida last week. Apparently, they just didn't do tackling drills during the offseason. So, weird things can happen. But I think you need more than weird things if you're BYU at this point. So, uh, next one we got is Virginia Tech. Uh, we're all on the same page with Utah. Next one we got is Virginia Tech versus Boston College. BC's plus four. Yeah. Um, this one here, you know, uh, BC's got A.J. Dillon. Um, and they have Brown as their quarterback. Um, probably two of the best offensive players in this game. Um, both defenses are, you know, pretty solid. Uh, Virginia Tech did a whole, the whole rebuild last year. So, it, they can only be better on defense, and you know th- that's something that you know going back to to Beamer Ball and such. You know, always had a great defense and special teams. I think that kind of comes back a little more this year over there. Um, uh, Boston College is breaking in seven new starters on defense. Um, you know, I think it's been a pretty low scoring game. Uh, I think Vatek gets a couple big stops kind of later in the fourth quarter here, um, and, and, and they win by six, and, and Vatek covers at minus four. I'm um, actually uh, here. We go. We're gonna actually go against each other uh, this for the first time this week. I got uh, BC uh, plus the four in this one. I think uh, at home we talked about home dogs. Um, you know, first game of the season, people come out. They want to show you what they got. Um, AJ Dillon's a guy that's a uh, dark horse Heisman candidate. Um, he's got experience running the ball. I don't think either team's particularly too too strong this year. Um, probably gonna be middle of the pack, uh, lower of the uh, pack type teams. They're in the ACC. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think I think Boston College it comes out with something to prove. Um, so, I kind of like them at plus the four with a solid run game. Um, and and a, a game that won't be too electric, but I think this Dylan could make a play or two that could be the difference in at least covering the number in this game. I'm still not buying into Virginia Tech. Uh, I heard last season there was players offering to fight each other if they scored touchdowns just because they didn't want to go to a bowl game. I don't see how Justin Fuente can fix that kind of issues in one season. It looks like the team's headed the wrong direction. Maybe he gets turned around a bit. And another thing you can promise with Steve Azazio, the head coach at Boston College, you can give him the Clemson roster. He will win seven games. You can <laughs> give. You could also give him an FCS team and put him in the FBS. He's going to win seven games. That's what he does. He wins seven games. So, as you guys already mentioned, A.J. Dillon's a stud. They're, Boston College is replacing a lot. Virginia Tech has issues. Nobody's really sure about what Justin Fuente's doing. I got Boston College covering, plus four here. I actually think Boston College wins. I'm not going to put my name on a money line, but I at least have them covering this game. Um, all right, next one I actually think is an interesting game here is Florida State versus Boise State. Boise State's plus five and a half. Yeah, um... Kind of a funny game here. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is neutral site. This is in Jacksonville, right, Dan? Jacksonville, correct, yes. Not a home game for them. Um, good. I'm glad. <laughs> um, you know, I don't really like Florida State. You know, they were extremely disappointing last year. If you ever tell, if you ever give me a chance to, to run a program and I have 50 blue chip prospects, I, I, got, I got four and five stars all, all over the place, all over the bench. And I win five or six games. I'm not going to go to a bowl game. That's that, that, that that's that's horrible. That, that that's horrific. That should never happen. Um, Boise State's got a really solid defense. 
seven starters back there. You know, um, Florida State, you know, going to be pretty good in defense, too. I mean, they're, they're going to be a lot faster, probably. You know, they got all – actually, they got pretty good experience on defense, too. Um, I think Boise is going to come with a huge chip on their shoulder. You know, they love kind of schedule a, a game or two of these because it kind of puts them on the map a little bit if they can win this game. Um, a lot of people think either Boise or Cincy, you know, one of those top two teams coming out um, out of the Power Five schools. Um, I think Boise is going to make, you know, a couple stingy plays on defense. And that's going to be enough for them. And they're, they're going to win. Uh, uh, actually, I think they can win outright, too. Um, but plus five and a half, though, that's my pick is Boise State um, and that, that Bronco defense. Um, so, all right. so, as you guys know, I'm a Florida State fan. Um, extremely disappointing season. Um, I know myself included, we're calling for Taggart's head last year after the, the, the season he put together. Um, what I read right from the start, I knew it was going to be a doozy. Uh, he comes in saying he wants to have fun and they're, uh, they're not being competitive in practice and all this other horse crap that, uh, that you just don't see at winning programs. All right, Jimbo Fisher was there. He was an experienced winner. He knew how to get it done. They bring in this Jamoke from Oregon that never won anything. But you know what? Being a fan, I got to give him a little support going into this year. I know he's on the hot seat, and I'm glad he is. Um, back against the wall, we'll see what he's made of now. Um, they got 16 of the 20 tacklers back on the defensive end. Uh, they named James Blackman uh, the starter uh, yesterday, and I think he's a guy that's been around. I'm not in love with Florida State right now, but being a fan, I think I got to take him minus five and a half. Um, this is Taggart's last year for sure if he can't find a way to get uh, some wins here. Uh, just embarrassment how they let these, these crap teams hang around last year, and they weren't even competitive against good teams. Um, so he's really got a lot to prove. If not, he's gone. I think he even knows that. Um, so hopefully in his second year, we'll see what he can do. And for now, I'm going to back him, but not a confident pick, but I'm just picking it as a fan going forward. We'll see what they can prove. On, uh, this game's on Saturday in Jacksonville at night, too. So they'll have the majority of the fans there as well. I think that'll help. I'll just be straight up. I don't know a thing about Boise State. Chris Peterson could still be coaching there for all I know. <laughs> but I do know Willie Taggart is just not a good coach. He wasn't great at Oregon. He's not great at Florida State. I don't care what cool nickname he comes up with his offense. It's still not good. So <laughs> Florida Gulf, whatever, whatever he wants to call it. I'm going Boise State covering here just because – I don't like FSU. I don't trust them. I don't understand how you can bring all these players in. And I understand you're going into a new system. And Jimbo got out at the right time and left Florida State in a total disaster. I don't think you clean that up after one year. The thing I that still is like head scratching to me is Florida State should never have like five wins in a season. There's too much talent on that roster yeah. year in and year out. And it's yeah. if for a coach, I don't care what kind of mess you're cleaning up. You can't have such a horrible offensive line and no QB and everything else at Florida State. Did they, have, Dan, Dan, did they lose to Wake Forest last year? Um, I don't know. They had so many games. They had, so, okay. so they if, won. If they did, embarrassing. You can't they, listen, listen to this. They can't had have. five wins last year. And – Three or four of them, they were trailing in the fourth quarter. And that counts games against Samford, not Stanford, <laughs> Samford. <laughs> yeah, and now I don't care if this is a neutral site in Jacksonville, which is not really a neutral site. You want me to put my money on Florida State? Absolutely not. Maybe if you gave me Boise State minus 20, we can talk about it. But I don't trust Willie Taggart or Florida State. 
So I'm going Boise State plus five and a half. I'll tell you what, right? That's a really nice alternate line there. That's a nice add a payoff to that <laughs> now, see, Adjusted that line. Wow. wow. <laughs> Talk about a statement game early. Come on, Broncos. <laughs> All right. So this is actually going to be the big game. Oregon versus Auburn. Auburn's currently sitting at minus three and a half. This will also be, I believe, in Dallas. This one, yeah, it is. It is. So now this is a true neutral site game here. You know, I will never back the Pac-12. Um, <laughs> the SEC is 5-1 against them in the last couple of years, actually. Um, you know, I, I think Oregon's got a ton of pressure in this game, not only for them and, and you know, trying to come off it as a top-10 team and, you know, make a run at the playoff potential this year, but also for their conference, you know, so they're playing for more than just, you know, the name of their school. But, um, you know, they get chosen to play Auburn this year. It was Washington last year. I believe Washington lost, too. Um, so just, you know, not a great look for the conference. Um, trying to grow the game and, you know, get more viewership and stuff out west. It, if they win this game, you know, that kind of help in that direction a little bit. Um, I know everything about, you know, Herbert, I know everything about uh, Oregon's offensive line. All, all those guys are back. But the best defensive front seven in college football could potentially be Auburn. Um, Gus Melzahn and those guys, you know, they're no stranger to, to pressure in big games. They have it every game playing the SEC. You know, Oregon's got all this other hoopla going on out, outside of the game. You know, everyone's talking about them again and stuff. I do like Chris Ball and, 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 and what he's doing up there. But in this game here, though, um, week one, two, I have to take Auburn minus three and a half. I'm going to have to go against you again on this one. Uh, I know last week, I, I've never been an Oregon fan. I'm not a real uh, big uh, fan of the Pac-12 either. I don't think it's for real out there. I do like the SEC quite a bit. Um, but for some reason, I don't know. I think this Oregon team is a little bit different. Um, they have a veteran defense coming back. They got uh, five starters on the O-line coming back. You don't see that very often at all. Talk about Cristobal coming back. Um, this is, we talked last week a little bit about Herbert, it's his first season um, with a coach coming back for his second year. So he finally has a guy he's comfortable with, um, someone he's worked with in a previous year. Um, and he's a real deal, I think, um, with his size and his ability to move a little bit. Um, and I, I think he could be uh, the top prospect that they're talking to, uh, talking that he's going to be, talking him up a little bit. So three and a half, uh, you've got a neutral site. It's going to favor the neutral sites down in the, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium down in Texas. Um, so it's obviously going to f- uh, favor Auburn down there, but it's not in Auburn. Um, Gus, Gus Melzahn backs against the wall too, kind of like Taggart's. So I think they're going to be playing hard SEC team. They're going to be very solid defensively, but I don't know. I think there's something about this Oregon team and at three and a half, I don't think I could pass up um, with the hype around Herbert right now. I'm going to kind of stay with them until proven otherwise. So I like the three and a half with Oregon. So they always say the SEC, it just means more. Well, tell me why your projected starters leaving to go to Liberty. Uh, the reason I'm going with Oregon in this game, you got Bo Nix. Oregon's got a good defense, and you have Bo Nix, who is a five-star, who will be a future star and everything else. But he's playing against a good Oregon defense, and his very first game is in primetime television against a solid defense, and across from him is one of the best QBs in the country. That QB's got weapons. He's got probably a top-five offensive line in the country. Mario Cristobal is a solid coach, and I don't believe in Gus Malzahn. Somehow he's kind of got like this Ron Rivera thing where he always saves his job last minute to finish 8-5 and five or sneak a win against Alabama or something crazy. But he's not a great coach. He's got a true freshman QB starting for the first time. 
and I don't really think there's a whole lot of weapons on that offense. So the defense is great, but at the same time, Justin Herbert's going to get his points. I don't know if that's 17, 24, whatever. Not, not that much. You think they hold him under 17? I'm telling you, I know the offensive line is good for them. When they see this D-line coming at them, totally new ball game. They're, they're not blocking the guys who play for the Arizona Wildcats, right? They're not blocking some, some Sun Devils, okay, down there in Tappy. No. These guys, I, I, I believe three of the four are, are going to be in the NFL after this year. They all are going to declare and stuff. No, no. Square pick. Oregon is a square pick. I am on the sharp side here. Absolutely not. I'm telling you right now, Oregon, they, I think they're going to win this game. Uh, straight up, I would take the money line. I agree. I agree. I don't even need the points here because you, you guys are drinking so much Kool Aid now on this Oregon team. <laughs> oh, my, oh my god! It might be true. If they let me down, I'm going to be right off the bandwagon. But right now, I'm riding. I'm riding high on Oregon. No, I'm planting my flag with Oregon and weird enough the Kentucky Wildcats. I won way too much money on them last year. I got to roll with them again. But we're not talking Kentucky. Oregon's going to beat Auburn because Bo Nix is going to struggle. The offense isn't going to click. When your projected starter is leaving because he wants to go play for Liberty, I think there's an offensive issue there. So, yeah, maybe Oregon only scores 14 points. What's Auburn getting? 7, 3, 10? I'll take it. I'll take way over 14. If I can get a team total over 14, I'd put the wife and kids on that one. (laughs) I don't know. Michigan State helped him to 7 last year in a bowl game. So, I don't know. The all right, so last game we got here is Virginia versus Pitt. Pitt's sitting at point plus two and a half. Yep. Um, you know what? This is a nice battle, a nice defensive battle here. Um, I think Virginia finished around the top 20, top 25 mark, um, in, in team defense last year. Pitt's gonna be a really physical team. Um, they're gonna have their hands full with, with Bryce Perkins, you know, really good dual threat quarterback over there. Probably one of the better courts that they've had at Virginia in, in quite a while, actually. Um, I like Pitt, though, at home. Um, tell you what, you give me a Pat Narduzzi defense, and I get fired up. Narduzzi can coach some defense. It's me a physical game over there. Um, I pit plus two and a half. I think they can win on the field, too. Um, I mean, are we talking basketball here? No, we're not. Basketball? Yeah, I'll take Virginia. We're talking football here. I still can't buy into this. Like, you guys are buying into Oregon and all these other teams. Can't buy into Virginia football. Can't do it yet. Pit plus two and a half. Um, not before we get ahead of ourselves, uh, we do have the Northwestern at Stanford pick, um, after this too, uh, not to forget that game, but no, going back to this game, I'm not going to take long talking about these teams. These teams are bottom feeders. They've been bottom feeders for the last 20 years. And I think they're going to remain that way. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not, I haven't put a ton of research into this. It's not really a game that interests me a ton. I'm not going to bet it. If I had the pick, though, after reading just a few short things, I kind of like Virginia at minus two and a half. Having an experienced defense back, um, I, I don't think Pitt's going to have much to offer offensively. Um, it should be a low-scoring game. We'll see what happens. Probably not even a game I'm going to tune into. But for the fans, I'm going to give out Virginia minus two and a half. Not going to turn into. This is what gets my blood going. Virginia versus <laughs> Pitt week one. This is what we need right here. I love th- it. it- Dan, this is even a, this is not a low level game. This is not a low level. This is me a good competitive football game. You're not going to watch the game. These are bottom talking, feeders. We are talking movie, middle of the, the pack ACC. <laughs> These are a couple of carps, low end bottom feeders. 
All right, so I'm actually I'm on Virginia covering there minus two and a half. I do like Pat Narduzzi. He's a great defensive coach. The guy can't coach offense to save his life, so that's always a disaster. <laughs> and I think Bryce Perkins is going to be at the least a top ten QB this year. The kid is electric. That kind of falls back into that Justin Herbert category. He's going to get his points somewhere. Now he's not going to go put up thirty eight on him, but we've seen all last season. Seeing Pitt score 14, 17 points was not uncommon. And it kind of comes down to, can Bryce Perkins propel this offense to more than 17 to 21 points? I'm going to take that bet 10 out of 10 times. I just think the kid's electric. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he'd be a dark horse to make it to the Heisman voting at the end of the year and maybe finish around fifth or fourth. So I'm on. Yeah. That's high high regard. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I guess you didn't watch a lot of Virginia football then, huh? What school did you play for? Virginia? Yeah. You know, no, it, blame it. Yeah. Who would want to watch that? Yeah, no. They're okay. You guys, you guys okay. are just wrong. You guys are just wrong on this one. <laughs> They're okay. And this you is know, one of those games. I you, like yeah. him. They're okay. That, that's it. They're okay. You know, like, that's like when you meet a girl and, you know, she's not hot. She's not gross. She's, she's nice. Virginia. They're. They okay. have a great personality. They yeah. should play this game on Tuesday night when nothing else is going on. Then I might tune in. Hey, I oh. love Maxion. I, I would say that's from Maxion. <laughs> Why does Maxion get wrong? Why do you know Maxion? When Maxion and the fun belt are back, oh, that's where that's we're in prime time. The degenerates <laughs> crawl out of the cave for that one. All right, what was the line on the last one there? Uh, Northwestern, um, Stanford? Yeah, uh, we got Northwestern at Stanford. Northwestern's uh, getting six and a half. Yeah. This is an interesting game. So these teams played last year in Evansville. Um, I, I believe Northwestern won too. And um, so now I, I think it's the back end of a, of a home-and-home series they got. I'm pretty curious to kind of see how this Johnson plays for, for Northwestern. I don't really know too much about him. You know, he sat out a year. He was a pretty highly touted recruit that was, was over at Clemson. Um, switched over, transferred to Northwestern. I, I, I'm really interested to see what he's got. Um, the receivers are okay. Um, actually. The, the main thing I love about this team, I, I love both these coaches. Both these coaches are, are really good coaches, um, and, and, and they've done it for a while, and they do it the right way. They don't get a ton of big-time prospects and, you know, four- and five-star guys, but they get guys who fit their system, though. Um, and, you know, it, it worked for, for Northwestern last year. They made the Big Ten championship game. Um, I, I think San Francisco, a little slight of the edge on the offense run. Uh, KJ Costelli, you know, he, he's all right. Um, it, it's a home game for them. Um but with Northwestern catching six and a half, you know, I, I don't think they win, but I, I think they can keep it, you know, within a touchdown within, you know, six and a half points. I, I got Northwestern plus six and a half on the road here. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, I like them six and a half. Uh, like you mentioned, both coaches are fantastic coaches. Um, they both seem to get up for the big games. They're always competing. Um, a little bit different, though, with Stanford. Going back to even when McCaffrey was there, uh, uh, his junior year, the, his second to last year, they were very solid. They blew out Iowa in a bowl game. But his senior year and on, I mean, even with Bryce Love, they kind of have underachieved the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, in big games, they, they, they're they competitive, but they don't seem to get it done. Um, Northwestern is one of those teams that seems to compete week in and week out. Whether they win or lose, they're playing you right up into the wire. Um, taking the top teams, uh, you know, they don't get the recruits that some of these other schools get, but they're right there uh, battling. They make the most of what they got, and that goes to show how good the coaching is. So I agree with that. Plus six and a half, I think, 
first game of the year. Both teams, it's going to be a great game to watch. But uh, I think this is a game that Northwestern could even steal. I mean, I'm probably not going to play the money line, but I really like the six and a half of this one. It's another one we're all riding together with because I'm actually on Northwestern too. Stanford, I respect the hell out of David Shaw. I think he's actually one of the best coaches in the country, and the job he does at Stanford with the uphill battle, he's constantly fighting with recruiting and just getting players into the school is impressive. But I just, I think Northwestern's just trending in the right direction. Stanford's kind of been backsliding in the last couple of years. Hunter Johnson, again, it's kind of like Jacob Eason. We think he's going to be great, but we kind of have to see it before I'll start to buy into it. I don't know. I'm kind of flirting with a money line here. I don't know if I can go and pull the trigger on that, but I would definitely jump on Northwestern plus six and a half. Uh, is that all you guys had for weekly games? Yep. yep. Okay. So uh, we're going to throw a quick go around here. Uh, upsets of the week. Tony, I'll let you start it. Yep. You know, I don't want to pick you guys an upset that's like a, you know, plus four, plus six. That's really not going to get me going here. I'm going to give you a little deeper dive here, a little bit of a super dog action. I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking the, the Nevada Wolf Pack, okay? And guess who's rolling in the town? The Boilermakers. Really not too scared of them. I mean, I, I do like what Brown's done there. I, I do like Rondell Moore. He's electric. You know, he, he, he's going to get his yards. He, he's going to get probably two touchdowns and, you know, 10 catches for, you know, a buck 25. But I'm rolling the dice here. I got Carson Strong out there. Kid is a true freshman. Actually, hasn't played a game since his junior year of high school because he tore his ACL, so he didn't play his senior year. Um, and actually, I like him even more that he beat up that Malik Henry because I can't stand him. And, you know, if you guys watch um, Last Chance U, he's just a, a complete diva, just a master guy in, in general. But I, I'm glad that he beat him out, though, after the, the starter was initially um, rolled out. He broke his hand a couple weeks ago. Um, both teams are going to score. I, I think both defenses are absolutely horrible. I mean, producing a good 40 and, you know, uh, Nevada's going to give up, you know, 39. You know, so I, I, I got Nevada plus 10 for sure, but sprinkle on the money line. Um, it'd be a nice little payout, just like Hawaii did last week. So, um, yeah, going into my upset of the week, um, I got USF plus 13 with versus Wisconsin. Um, it's a lot of points. Wisconsin's traveling down to Florida. It's going to be hot as hell down there. Um, those big white boys aren't always used to that kind of weather coming down from Wisconsin. So that's going to be pretty humid down there. And uh, USF isn't a bad team. So getting 13 points at home, um, they, they were pretty good last year. They only lost a few games. And uh, I think they'll put out a solid campaign again. I don't know if they're going to get it done. Uh, Wisconsin might find a way to weather the storm there. And uh, that Taylor is a hell of a running back. He'll probably punch in a few late touchdowns to secure the win. But uh, I'm liking USF at home plus 13 to start uh, week one. All right, this is going to hurt. I I love Morgantown. I do. It's got a special place in my heart, but the Dukes are coming. James Madison comes in plus five and a half. I'm going to take the money line on this one. James Madison, they returned 20 starters from last season. They come in as a Ooh. preseason number one in the FCS. Wow. Hot. Look and out. They've got a former QB from Pitt a running back from UCF. They actually got a receiver from West Virginia. This team has got a ton of bounce backs that went <laughs> FCS from the FBS level. And then you look at West Virginia and Neil Brown, and he's got Austin Kendall maybe his guy, but I don't even think Neil Brown believes Austin Kendall is the true QB. I just don't feel confident, and this kind of looks like a game that West Virginia overlooks because I believe they got Missouri the next week in Missouri. Good luck, yeah, so 
JMU could be kind of that game. It's a new coach and a new system with a new quarterback and a huge outflux of talent. And I'll tell you what else pissed a lot of West Virginia fans off when I talked about this earlier in the week, and I'm kind of poking the hornet's nest again because they get riled up. But, I mean, they don't really have that great internet down in West Virginia, so I'm not too concerned about it. JMU's going to pull off the upset here. Yeah, it's – I mean, just take the gun out of your mouth, West Virginia fans. There's always next year. Hey, it it happens every year. Some FCS team is going to be an FBS team, and, you know, why not be – JMU. And West Virginia hasn't lost ever to the NFCS team since I think it was formed in like 1973. This is going to be the year they fall. The storm coming. Good yeah, thing they like no. drinking down there. Good thing they like to drink because it's going to be a long year down there. <laughs> the misfit toys are coming in to take them down. Listen, I'll, I'll pour one out at Fat Daddy's with you guys, but <laughs> it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. All right. Uh, that's it for this week. Where can find you guys on social media? Yep, me at Teenix22 on Twitter. Um, check me out there. You can check me out at uh, on Instagram at Dano underscore Gator underscore Picks. Got some great winners. All right, you follow the site. All free. Saturday Tailgate. You can find us Google, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Thanks for listening. Check in next week. <laughs>